You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Call every time needed to play a little bit more aggressive. I, I, I didn't score, what, six, seven minutes? Uh, Anthony Edwards, I'm not going to jump on him. Picked up that foul, too, yeah. Yeah, uh, Anthony Edwards, I'm not going to jump on him, but, you know, he needs to learn that in, in situations like this, you need to play better. Three for play. 17. Yeah, that's, that's not going to cut it. However, they still had opportunities to win the game. They got very stagnant at the end. It's like, no, you shoot, you shoot, you shoot, you shoot. Nobody wanted the ball. Nobody was definitive with the move. Those guys... Those guys were so ready to just pack it in after the first game of that doubleheader last night. They're all like, yeah, the Timberwolves have no chance. Lakers are going to win by 100 points. Uh, and then halftime rolls around. They're like, oh, God, we got to talk about the Timberwolves now. Like, none of them had any idea who, and I love that show, but they had no idea who Jaden McDaniels was until, like, an intern put a run sheet in front of them, you know, before the game started. But, uh, yeah, that was uh How about your club? That was a game last night, gentlemen. How- Unfortunately, I got home from the wild game, so I was listening to the third quarter on Sirius XM, and I decided to listen to the Lakers broadcast. And in Ireland, it's John, right? John Ireland, yeah. John Ireland's the play-by-play voice, and he literally sounded like he was describing a funeral. Like, it sounded like his family had died. Well, he it was- would be like, actually, if you're if you're a Timberwolves fan looking to just take any sort of solace out of what happened last night, I guess you could look at the Lakers and be like, well, they, they all thought they were going to run the table in the West now, right? We're all back healthy. And they run into just this broken, beaten down Timberwolves team. You know, they're without, you know, half of their starting players and Anthony Edwards doesn't show up last night. Then you may be concussed and the, and the Lakers needed overtime to beat the Timberwolves. Um, and so, so in, yeah, I'd be despondent too if I were John Ireland. In the third quarter, he's talking about Friday's game. Like, Darvin Ham might start to rest guys now because this game's done. And Michael Thompson, (laughs) it's like, it's not done yet. What are you talking about? There's a lot of time left. He's like, oh, now with the way that they're playing. But then I got home in time to watch the fourth quarter on TNT. And, my God, if that didn't set basketball back to about 1954, nothing did. That fourth quarter was incredible. And it sounds like the first half was – was fun, like good basketball. It was. But the fourth quarter is some of the worst basketball. I mean, I swear to God, it looked like I was watching a bad Big Ten game. Yeah, oh God. Yeah, it was yeah, it was like it was like a Gophers Penn State game or something. <laughs> the fourth quarter. I mean the, the Timberwolves had nine points in the fourth quarter until Mike Conley got fouled with no time on the clock. Yep. And, and the and the Lakers couldn't pull away. No. Nope. You know, well the Lakers also had to overcome a double digit deficit and then but even then, they couldn't pull away. And I was, I was actually preparing a pie chart of praise in the second half of that game. I was so excited to give Mike Conley like th- this. This is what pisses me off. This episode was supposed to be a coronation of those of us that said the Mike Conley for Delo trade was a great trade, and here's why. And Mike Conley dribbled circles around Delo, and then eventually Dennis Schroeder. Like Delo was literally benched. Yes, benched in that game. 
because he was one for nine. I think they brought him in a couple times for like after a timeout and offensive possession just to get a guy out there that can shoot a three. Um, and and it it just sucks that the narrative or I guess the the storyline off last night can't be a celebration of Mike Conley, the three clutch free throws, the three point snipe shooting, just generally being an adult who stirs the drink in a mature way, right? And instead, gentlemen, we have to go with the pie chart of blame. Now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Six slices for you guys. I'm going to go through this. I'll stop after each slice. You can, you guys can chime in. If you agree, disagree, if you want to add, remove slices, we can we can do that too. This was a very therapeutic exercise for old Macadac here early this morning. Very therapeutic. I'm glad it was. Uh, and if you're if you're interested in a one o'clock in the morning or whatever time it was, twelve thirty a.m. Central Time, uh, live flagrant howls that is available. Myself and Kyle Tige reacting in the moment to all the night owl uh, with all the night owl uh, Timberwolves fans that stayed up late. You can find that on the flagrant howls podcast feed uh, or on the Score North YouTube channel. So, all right, here we go. Six slices of pie for. Another devastating Timberwolves loss. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. I'm going to get this slice out of the way. It's actually a bigger slice. I'm going to start with this sort of bigger slice, and then I'll go in order from small to big. Because it does need to be accounted for. 15% to injuries and stupidity. Ultimately, they were without Rudy Gobert, Jade McDaniels, and Nas Reed, because all three of those guys were either injured or stupidly punched a teammate or stupidly punched a wall and injured themselves. Sort of three different categories there. Uh, and it resulted in, like, you had to play a, I guess you tried to play a nine-man rotation, and then two minutes of Nate Knight led to a seven-point swing for the Lakers and a timeout for the Timberwolves. Uh, and then by the time the second half rolled around, you basically reduced it to a seven-man rotation. But just the lack of depth off the bench, it's a thing. You have to account for it. Self-inflicted wounds, absolutely ridiculous. Like, Nas, okay, legit hurt. Guys get hurt. Totally expect that. Yeah. But when your best defender punches a wall, and I don't care if there was a curtain in front of the damn wall or not, when you punch something, you're taking a chance. Um, And when Gobert has to be left home or is left home, and Finch's, I think, uh, pregame quote was that that this was like after much discussion. So clearly there were a few chefs in the uh, kitchen of the decision. Yeah, it's self-inflected. It's absolutely stupid. And you're watching that game. And it was very clear on both sides. Those teams were dog-tired. Like, like the rotations hurt because if you had had Colbert, first of all, it obviously helps defensively. But second of all, the depth right there. So, yeah, I, I mean, just absolute, like, injury is fine for Nas, but the rest of it's just, like you said, stupidity and self-inflicted problems. Like, no reason yeah. for it. And, and look, if, if you were ahead to, if you told me going to last night's game, all right, you can't have Nas and either Gobert or Jaden. I would say, okay, no Nas, no Gobert, but give me Jaden. Like, give me the energy, the defense. He can shoot a little bit. Um, and to not have two-thirds of those guys because they're so bleeping dumb yeah. is incredible. No, it's, it, is, uh, it is true. All right, people are going to maybe cringe at this a little bit. Some people are going to celebrate this. I'm not one to do this a lot, but I do think 5% should go to the NBA referees. All right, 
the Lakers for the season have the widest discrepancy in free throw attempts. Like they shoot way more free throws than the opposing team shoots. And the Laker defenders are going to say, well, that's because they're great at defending without fouling, right? And LeBron James and Anthony Davis are guys that are physical players, and, and there is some of that. But last night, the Wolves didn't shoot a single free throw in the second half until Mike Conley got fouled in the corner. Really? Not a single free You're out there for an hour of real time, and you didn't shoot a single free throw? And yes, is there some, okay, stop pulling up Anthony Edwards from three-point range when you clearly don't have it, get to the rim, right? There, some of this is the Timberwolves and Carl Anthony Towns playing scared with foul trouble, which we'll get to. So some of this was self-inflicted, but you're telling me if you comb through that film, you couldn't find one shooting foul in the entire second half until the Mike Conley uh, three-pointer at the end? Pretty weird. It is pretty weird, but the Wolves are... The Wolves cause so many of their own problems. I have problem. I have issues sympathizing. I agree. Like, like if they if they cut themselves some slack here, right? And they didn't do stupid things, and they weren't this bumbling bunch. And and what's frustrating is they can be a bumbling bunch of idiots, but yet they have the talent not to be. Like this is not a ragtag team. This team has talent. Um, I get what you're saying. But I find it very hard in my cold sports dad heart to have any compassion here. Yeah, that's why I gave it five percent. I think if I think if it was a different circumstance, I think it might have been more like fifteen, twenty, twenty-five percent because it was a big deal. But I'm with you, and that's that's where we get to the actual people that I think deserve to be dumped on here. Uh, and we'll and we'll start with a lesser uh, a lesser one here. Five percent to Jordan McLaughlin who actually used to be this really solid, underrated backup point guard. Come on in, move the ball around. He was just a really underrated, sort of unheralded piece to this collection. And I don't know if it's if it's the calf injury or what, but he has been unplayable lately. Last night they had to play him because they you couldn't play Towns. and like All these guys wound up playing over 40 minutes of starters, like, but you, you couldn't play him 45. Were you going to play him 48 minutes? You had to put some of these backups in. Yep. Jordan McLaughlin played 10 minutes, was a minus 10, 0 for 5 from the field, no assists, two turnovers. And I think three different times he tried to drive to the rim, scoop a layup past LeBron James, who just swatted the ball out of bounds all two or three times. Like, what are you doing, dude? At one point, I think <laughs> Kevin Harlan or Reggie Miller was like, why does he keep doing that? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so he he's gone from being this really steady, reliable presence as a backup point guard to being unplayable, and one of the reasons why they gave uh, a big chunk of that lead back last night. Go ahead, Dex. He was brutal. Um, he he. I thought he was actually the worst player on the court for the Wolves yesterday. Um, he he had, and I know they're playing with a short bench. Uh, Mike Conley can't play all forty eight minutes. Someone has to come out there and play some point guard too. But yeah, he was unplayably bad yesterday. All right, now we get to the we got three slices of pie left here, and now we get to the heavy hitters. Let's go, Let's go chef. Right. We're gonna go fifteen percent for Carl Anthony Towns. What? Okay. What do you mean, Mackie? He was the Carl went with twenty four points and a double double, five assists. He was the reason why they built a lead in the first half. Right? He was the he was the big reason why they were even relevant in this game. And he was brilliant in the first half. The first half was almost like an exorcism for his big game failures. 
He was stoic. He was composed. He was making tough shots. He was he was blocking shots, grabbing rebounds. Just a steady force in the first half and for much of the third quarter. Unfortunately, and this is the story of his career in big games, <laughs> the game doesn't end halfway through the third quarter. All right? Yep. Yep. In the fourth quarter and overtime of this game last night, Cat had zero points and one rebound in 13 minutes of fourth quarter overtime. He only got two shots off. And I, I saw this, too. This is probably more of a, a Chris Finch talking point, but uh, Jace Frederick, our friend from the Pioneer Press, put out just an insane statistic that the Timberwolves' last four postseason losses, if we count the play-in as this play-in one and then the last three losses to Memphis, they've had double-digit fourth-quarter leads in all four of those losses. Double-digit fourth-quarter leads in all four of those, those losses. Carl Anthony Towns in those fourth quarters where they're blowing double-digit leads. Four of 14, 14 points, six fouls in 44 minutes. 14 points in 44 minutes of clutch time when your leads are dwindling, when your team needs you. You are the central figure here. You are the supermax central figure of this team. <laughs> and last night, I get people, even Carl after the game was asked about, you know, how did the foul trouble sort of impact your lack of aggressiveness? And he said, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I was kind of thinking about, he was saying, like, I don't want anyone like flopping on me. And so he was less aggressive because he didn't want to pick up a fifth and then a sixth foul, right? And so, of course, people are like, well, but the fouls, right? You know, the officials, this, that. And I don't know, man, like, I don't think any of those fouls that were called on him were really all that debatable. He's a guy that just actively seeks dumb contact. And I found this before uh, we jumped on the mics here, too, all right? The fouls are not bad luck for him. Over the past five seasons, no player in the NBA averages more fouls per game than Carl Anthony Towns does. He is the most foul-happy player in the entire league the last five years. It's huh? year eight, dude. You are a Supermax franchise centerpiece. Can you play a key game, a physical game, without committing five rapid-fire fouls and getting put on the bench? And again, like, this year, he's in year eight. He's, what is he, 27? He led the league in fouls per game. Why? It's completely ridiculous. And so, and I even went and looked at, like, just like the playoff play-in games two last years. He's had five or more fouls in five of the eight playoff and play-in games They've played in the last two years. He can't help himself. So I don't want to hear like, well, but he got into foul trouble, and that's why. Dude, it's self-inflicted. Be more disciplined. He also played so he gets sca- 15%. He also played scared a little bit, obviously, because when you're playing with the four to five fouls, then it becomes a lot harder to play defense, harder to play offense. There was a play towards the end of the game where, and I, I, for- I forget who he passed to, but he could have doubled down right down on the baseline. LeBron was there too, but he could have easily just taken the ball, and go on Jordan for a Prince. shot, and he passed it to Prince, and Prince bricks the shot. It's like, Cat, just just take the shot, dude. You're the best player on the court right now. Even though you're playing scared, be the guy. You can't you can't be passing up shots like that. Yeah, he's not the guy though. First of all, first of all, anyone who says today, "Well, Carl played well. Get off Carl's back." Nobody gets a pass on that loss. The Lakers tried to give you that game. Okay, 
So anyone who did not contribute to a win, which they didn't win, does not get a pass. That is so us to be like, well, Carl played well, right? But he didn't play. He played a half. The, the, the game is, it's a 48-minute right. game in overtime. But I don't he, even care. Oh, my he, work here is done. I guess I don't have to do anything now in the fourth quarter in overtime. Okay, okay. He's your self-proclaimed most important player, so I don't care. If you lose, he takes some blame. I don't care what he does. He takes some blame. Um, second of all, this, this, and, you know, Finch got up at the podium and did it again last night, started to complain about the fouls, you know, Carl. And, and this, again, is how Carl runs things. Why is Chris Finch always apologizing to and for Carl? You know, instead of instead of basically ignoring it and being like, we shouldn't have lost that game, guys. He's like, oh, you know, those I don't know about those fouls on Carl. And he, like, said it under his breath. I think it was Krasinski is asking a question and references – Fouls. It, it might have been Dane. And Finch, under his breath, goes, fouls. And then he starts in on, you know, well, I don't know about those fouls. On well, Carl. he said until he was doing really well until they sent him, until they whistled well, no, that was the after. bench. He said under his breath at first, fouls. Like, you know, I'm disgusted by this. Okay, that's your guy, first of all. Okay, that's a problem. Um, also, does it seem remarkable? Does it seem remarkable? May I draw up on uh, for you? a box score or statistical uh, breakdown of a certain football game that was played at U.S. Bank Stadium in January in which a very prominent player for the Vikings had a great game and when it mattered most, threw a check down. And may I drop on the comparison to a very prominent player for the Wolves? Statistically, you can justify it. You can hold that box score or you can go online and get that box score and say, look at the box score. And then I would say, okay, let's look at the fourth fourth quarter of that that game and the last thing is Barkley Kenny Smith and Shaq might not know a damn thing about the Wolves but when they break down film it don't lie like they're not making things up and they did a marvelous job I think it was Kenny Smith in in the post game last night of in overtime showing that the Lakers were switching and they were switching Austin Reeves onto Carl Anthony Towns creating a massive mismatch. You've got to go inside. And Towns held a come-to-Jesus meeting with Finch about this exact thing a week ago. And here's the thing. Get the ball to me in these mismatch situations. And one, one, he made no real attempt to post up Reeves. So, like, instead of of saying, hell yeah, and taking Reeves and, like, trying to at least jostle for offensive position, which, by the way, even with five fouls, like, you've got a right – offensively to jostle you're a big man right you have to it's overtime instead of doing that he did nothing they didn't pass to him and that's where i will defend the tnt crew for straight out and straight up analysis of the wolves they might have no clue but that film is the film yeah so cat by the way so uh i'm with you there's some wolves writers are tweeting about this exact sort of overtime sequence and Cat, after the game, said he would have been more aggressive in those situations if he didn't have five fouls. He was worried. He said, this is, these are his words, he was worried that the Lakers would flop and he would get his sixth foul. Okay. But it's a mismatch. So he could, Reeves could flop, but the point is they have, give, they basically are giving you a gift. And you're like, I'm, I can't be doing that. But he, but really? this is the cycle, dude. This is the cycle. Really? He's the most foul-happy player in the entire world, literally, among NBA players. Most mm-hmm. foul-happy player in the league. Mm-hmm. So he racks up fouls. 
Of course, he thinks it's not his fault. But So he, he just thinks it's like the world out to get him and the league out to get him. Correct. He racks up fouls. And then because he has a bunch of fouls, he stops being aggressive and hunting for points like he did in the first half. And then he kind of blames it on circumstance. It's this constant passing. Chris Finch falls into it. It's this constant, like, passing of the responsibility of why this happens late in games. The Wolves aren't just getting unlucky. I think this was the 19th time they've lost a game in which they've had a double-digit lead. Which brings us to the next slice of the pie. knows how you feel about pie. Chris Finch gets a big old chunk. 20% for last night's loss. Yep. So there's sort of the macro and the micro. There's the big picture of what I just said, right? I, th- I believe the stat is they've had 19, they've blown 19 double-digit leads this year. Sometimes they'll take a 15-point lead in the first half, and it'll slowly dwindle. Sometimes they have a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter, and it'll just go away. How is your team so immature and undisciplined that you have 19 double-digit blown leads, you have players punching each other, punching walls? I don't think he has control. I, I think he's shown some some great stretches as a coach, and he's been a huge reason coming in for Ryan Saunders, why they went from just being irrelevant and nowhere near the playoffs to being competitive the last couple of years. I just have a lot of questions about some of the macro maturity, undisciplined things, right? Last night in the micro, the Wolves scored nine points in the fourth quarter until Mike Conley was inexplicably fouled in the corner with no time left, and he hits the three free throws. Zero ball movement. You still ha- I get that you got a bunch of guys injured. You still have Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, even if they're not operating in 100% for different reasons. Why is the offensive game plan throughout the entire fourth quarter and overtime Dribble, 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 half-assed handoff screen combo at the top of the key, and then someone puts up a miracle shot. Like Torian Prince has to put up a fadeaway from 15 feet. Like how how, how is there not some go-to motion or post-up or play or something? It's just the same thing time after time in these games. And I will say this, if they lose on Friday night, I think there's a good chance the Wolves say goodbye to Chris Finch. Really? Yes. With that contract. Oh, interesting. I mean, these guys came in. I don't disagree with you. They they gave Tim Connolly double his salary to come over from Denver. So I think, I think Mark Laurie, when it comes to like just getting the right people in place, if they lose these games, the way that they lost last night, if they lose a home game to one of these, whoever wins the game tonight between Oklahoma city and and the Pelicans Mm -hmm. off of players, punching walls, punching each other, you know, all of this stuff. I'm just, I don't know if it's likely, but I'm saying it wouldn't shock me if a loss on Friday night led to a coaching change. Just going to throw that out there. When's the last time that you felt like Chris Finch had control here, too? That That's my question. Like, when's the last thing where where you said, okay, this feels like the coach took control? Because, you know, for Cat to talk about, you know, I met with Finchie and we, and basically what he's saying is I dictated what we are going to say here. Um, I don't know Chris Finch personally at all. I, I've, you know, beyond like going to his press conferences and watching him there, but in some ways for a league that is, that should be and is filled with alphas, he feels like such a beta sometimes. I agree. You know, yeah. like like for like this league is driven by alphas or guys trying to be them, which is cat because he's not one, but he tries to. Yeah. 
But like Chris Finch is always, he goes up there like he just coached. And, and just to be clear, I agree with you. I, th- I think he's very smart. Like I think he's a good X's and O's coach. But his press conferences, he goes up there like he just coached a AAU team or something. Oh, we didn't do this. We didn't do that. And, you know, there's never, like, I don't need to see him really pissed off. But I also don't see a, a guy who could take control. Yeah, it, it feels like the inmates are running the asylum a lot. And yep. and that's why guys like Kyle Anderson, who, by the way, like, don't, maybe don't trigger your teammates in that way, too. I guess you could put a little, you know, 2% slice of pie for Kyle Anderson. Don't trigger your teammates so that they punch you. Understand how to communicate with your teammates. But, you know, guys like like Kyle Anderson shouldn't be the leader of the Timberwolves. Right. That's, that's the problem. He should be a leadership piece to the Timberwolves. But, right. you know, he's looking around the room. I can sense his frustration. He's looking around the room at Rudy Gobert making $45 million and Carl Anthony Towns. And Anthony Edwards is 21 years old, and we'll get to him here if it's not obvious already. Um, and, the, and the coach just, keep, you know, the coach just kind of, you know, that fight happens and the coach is just kind of like, oh, man, you know, like let other people right. break it up. And I don't know. There's just something I'm not demanding that he gets fired or anything. I just I just wonder if he's not a really good lead assistant. That's that's my worry with Chris. Finch. To your point, though, that's what gets me is, you know, Cat is the self-proclaimed captain, right? Like we, we all say and you'll, you'll I'm sure talk about this with Ant that this is going to be his team. But all of that being said. The issue, one of the fundamental problems here is Kyle Anderson, I guess rightfully so as far as demeanor goes, perceives himself as the captain. I, out, I mean, Out of necessity. Yeah, right. But, I mean, Austin Rivers got up there. He doesn't even play anymore. Like, he plays as much as I do now. He got up there halfway through at a press conference and talked about, you know, I'm here to lead and stuff. Like, this shouldn't be an issue. Carl Anthony Towns, at one point, was it, I think it was, it might have been Shaq last night, talked about Cat's inexperience, or no, it it was Barkley or Kenny. And Shaq, rightfully so, said, hold on a second. He's got plenty of experience. He's not young now. What what we saw there was a want to. That's not, so like, at this point, this is my point about trading Cat. At this point, you cannot go around saying, this is my team, I see this, I see that, I'm watching film, and then show zero semblance of being able to lead. Because that's what he's done. Yeah, in the in the key moments. We, we fully understand he was excellent in the first half. But you don't get a ribbon and an award for being excellent in the first half when you disappear and do nothing, not only in this fourth quarter, but the three previous postseason losses where you had double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. And that does not make you the captain of the team. One good one good half means you are talented as hell, which he is. No one's questioning his talent. It's, it's between the ears with him, man. So that brings us to our final slice of pie here on this pie chart of blame. Mark knows how you feel about pie. Presented by our friends at EcoFun, by the way. Uh, old Macadac living that scooter lifestyle. The last uh, year or so, you can save. How about this? Three hundred dollars off the price of a new Yamaha Zuma one twenty five fuel injected scooter. Lowest price ever. Get it in blue. Get it in black. In stock, ready to ride home, and uh, you can ride like old Macadac on a scooter. Sounds like a Declan scooter to me. Maybe it's an old Dex Tweet scooter. Love, love me a scooter. Love me a scooter. Although my dog is like very perplexed by anything with wheels, scooters, bicycles. He just 
stops in his tracks and doesn't understand how a human being can be transported on that. I can change him, though, I think, with EcoFun. Give him a little doggy sidecar. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> electric bikes are also in stock. Maybe you can get an electric bike with a sidecar for Vinny Boy. <laughs> Save up to $400 on new electric bikes. Stop in. Take one for a demo ride in the EcoFun parking lot. EcoFun. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So Anthony Edwards gets the biggest slice of pie here, and that would be 40%. Worst game of his career, considering the circumstances. I think we're trying to parse apart, all right, how much of it was he took a nasty fall where he goes up, gets undercut, and he falls literally on his head and his shoulder. Um, he comes back with a wrap on his on his left shoulder. He generally just looked out of gas and exhausted for large chunks of that game, and he was... I'll give him some credit. He was playing really hard on the defensive end. He was grabbing some rebounds and trying to fill in where he couldn't score. But, dude, these three for 17s, it's year three. We're at the end of year three. The three for 17s just can't really happen anymore. you you, you got to find a way to either get to the free throw line more often or, you know, maybe when you're 0 for 7 on three-pointers, stop doing the dribble, dribble, <laughs> dribble for 15 seconds and pull up with a hand in your face. I mean, the amount of times where he just consistently killed the ball movement on offense and decided, all right, I'm going to I'm going to rock the baby here and uh, and I'm going to shoot a pull up three. So I will say on the on the shoulder head injury, it wouldn't shock me if he was playing like half concussed in the second half. But he was also terrible before that fall happened. So if he goes five for 17 instead of three for 17, they win that game. If he goes 6-for-17, it's a pretty bad game, and they win that game. And so Anthony Edwards, uh, not a great time to have probably the worst game of his NBA career, at least offensively, considering the moment and the magnitude of, of the uh, the game last night. So, Pre, before he took the spill, what's your diagnosis here? Because i, I got to admit, I'm a little bit surprised. Like, oh, like, like, why was he bad before the? Yeah, because I, I saw it looked to me like in the fourth quarter, it hurt to shoot, or he didn't want to shoot. Like, like by then, yeah. something was wrong. But I'm saying before that, because I guess I, I guess I'm not totally shocked, but I also thought in a game of that magnitude that he would actually rise to the occasion and not shrink. I don't know. He does have these weird stretches where I don't know if it's just like. If it's, I don't think it's disinterest in a game like that last night. He knows he loves the national spotlight and he's going up against the Lakers. But there just seems to be a hesitation sometimes with him. Like maybe he's still not comfortable being the guy, right? He's around all these veterans, the Conleys and the Kyle Andersons and Carl Anthony Towns. And there just seems to be a hesitation for him to just take over. Um, you know, another thing too is he only shot four free throws last night. I don't think he was getting to the rim enough, but there was a couple plays where he definitely should have been shooting free throws and got fouled. And I think, you know, I, I mentioned this on Flagrant Howls last night, and I think people got mad, but I'll say it again. It, it sucks as an opposing fan when you're watching guys like Chris Paul and LeBron James and Devin Booker, these guys that are just masters, James Harden, at taking any sort of contact and selling it to the officials. 
Anthony Edwards doesn't have that gene yet. He just kind of plows through contact. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. And he doesn't, which is great. Like I, I'd rather you have that and then kind of figure out how to mix in the acting part of it. Yeah. And I hate it. Like when I'm watching, you know, I was complaining about it the other day when the Wolves were playing the Suns and Devin Booker's doing it. I hate it. But guess what? Devin Booker gets to the line all the time. In a game like that last night where he's clearly, he's banged up, he's exhausted, his shot is off because his, his guide shoulder is in pain. You have one move and it's freight train your way to the, to the rim and get to the free throw line. Right. And he just, he's, he's got to add that. It's funny because like he needs that nuance to really become a top offensive player. He's got to get to the free throw line more often, in my opinion. Cat doesn't get calls because I think NBA officials just look at him as the boy who cried wolf. Like everything for him is either how could you call that on me or how could you know he's just like a basketball victim for yeah. 48 minutes every night. So both of those guys in a game like that last night, it's just, it's a grinded out slugfest. Those guys need to find ways to just manufacture points at the line and they can't for different reasons. And that was a huge, huge reason why they lost. So Anthony Edwards gets the biggest chunk of blame. Chris Finch, Carl Anthony Towns, Jordan McLaughlin, the refs, and injuries and stupidity rounds out the pie chart. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Cat still frustrates me the the most, and I know that's going to infuriate some cat stands. It does. People get really mad. But the dealer um, stands were infuriated too, and yeah. last night they But I just they fe- saw I just I just feel like when you are this deep into your career and i think i'm mad at myself partially too because if you go back to that rocket series that the wolves lost in five games five years ago um and cat took a ton of crap from the tnt crew i think phil we both defend him then because we're like okay this is his first playoff series let's give this some time he's going to at that point we said hopefully mature and i guess it frustrates me now that you know to your point he puts together a great First half looks fantastic. And then, for lack of a better term, I think what he did last night was he just sort of shrunk. He sort of shrunk. And the fouls, what gets me is the fouls are the latest cat excuse, right? There's always an excuse. There's always a reason why. Instead of of being what would be a real captain of the team and saying, we lost a game we shouldn't have lost, we blew it, I blew it too, and if you recall, early in his career, he used to go too far. Like, he would take all the blame. It's all on me. Everything's my fault. And he's never been able to find that that sweet spot of, okay, dude, last night, you really shrunk. You you checked down on fourth and eight. Yeah. It's funny. I had in my notes, and we got to wrap here because we had to get to write the down predictions, but I had in my notes. I'm so funny you brought up Kirk Cousins. Just in my notes I was taking throughout the game, one of them was, Cat and Kirk Cousins are the same player. You they, they show you these flashes. You you pay for a Ferrari, and then you realize, oh, it's actually a Ford Focus or something. It's like yeah, you're paying premium dollar for both guys, and they just disappear oddly in certain stretches of games. So I know people probably think we're dumping way too much on Carl Anthony Towns today because he was a huge reason why they had a double digit lead. But dude, it's a 48 minute game, 53 oh. minutes in last night's case. You don't just get to disappear for the fourth and overtime. So, all right, we got to run here. Mackie and Judd, <sighs> Friday night. Sorry, Phil. See what happens. <laughs> mm.